There are men who are fated to be doctors, but who have forgotten about doctor fate. There are men who work the midnight shift as doctors, but never think about Dr. Midnight. And then there's Adam Bernstein and Doug Bost, two men who should have better things to do but aren't doing them right now. These are two grown-ass men. Grown-ass men. There are certain questions so important they must be asked more than once. DC or marble? Flying or invisibility? Submariner or submariner? On this episode, we're getting grown-ass answers from several grown-ass people, including Adon Romero, Liz Leiser, Mike Gibbs, Sam Brule, and Tucker Johnson. And we're starting with a very important question for our good friend, Dave B. Was there any Marvel or any or DC for that matter character who you might have had a crush on when you were I asked this question to a guy that I was working with today and he he has he did not hesitate for a second he was like oh yeah Dazzler I just remember Dazzler number one the issue I just that's what I remember I remember she was like this hot she was like a star and she would like take sounds and turn it into light and dazzled people. She was like a disco queen. Yeah. Yeah. And I do remember roller skates, too. Oh, is it the Dazzler? It was, it was so fast. Like, as soon With as the I, roller skates. He just had it, like, at the tip of his tongue. Yeah. Like, he'd been thinking about it recently. Yeah. <laughs> that was the time. Like, the, the Saturday the Saturday night uh, fever, staying alive. And even the cheesier ones. Like, that. there was that movie with uh, Bruce Jenner. <laughs> where It was like a roller... <laughs> roller disco movie with Bruce Jenner. I can't even remember the name of it now. Well, I do remember Roller Boogie. I remember that cover too. Yeah. Like she had like a hot outfit with yes. like a white outfit with yep. a big it was collar white. and exactly. Yeah, and she was like throwing light. Yep. My thing was Dazzler. I mean Dazzler. I think I purchased maybe the first three or four, um, and then I lost contact with her. I mean she never knew me, but in my head she was mine. <laughs> Villains, too. Does that count? Yeah. I think Poison Ivy, I did a little thinking about this, is, like, just very hot. And then the red-headed Batgirl, I think, was, was Barbara Gordon, right? So I think I, I think it might be the animated or drawn red hair that I like. Like, the long... Were you into the Little Mermaid, too? Yeah. And uh, Velma <laughs> from Scooby-Doo, honestly, I think is, like, the hottest fictional character. For some reason. And then what about, okay, so then you get Jean Grey. She's a redhead, too. Yeah, I will, and I really liked her in the movie. Yeah. Um, Famke Jansen. Famke Jansen. Well, Famke, she's wonderful. Yeah. And then uh, Gwen Stacy. She's not a superhero. And not uh, not a redhead, either. And not a redhead. But MJ is a redhead. I think I like Gwen Stacy more than, so maybe that that's the exception that proves the rule. That's the monkey in the wrench. Yeah. As a kid, the hottest female hero was Wonder Woman. So I had a big crush on Wonder Woman, um, also because Linda Carter played her on TV. Mm-hmm. So I had a crush on Linda Carter, but Wonder Woman was just, she was hot and even, and she was pretty cool. She had an invisible plane and she's an Amazon, she kicked ass. I had a crush on her. She-Hulk was awesome. I enjoyed reading She-Hulk. Um, I just thought that she was pretty cool and she was sort of, the, the Hulk that embraced being the Hulk, 
where you had Banner that just didn't like Linda Hope. She was just like, this is who I am, love it. And she, she wore it well. First question that I have for you, Liz Lizer. Yes. Is, tell me about Sandman. So Sandman was kind of... Um... Oh, I'll tell you about Sandman. Yeah. I read the Sandman, I was really into the Sandman. Um, and like, when I say into the Sandman, I was like really into um, the the actual character. Not Daniel, the new one. I'm the spoiler alert, don't listen to that part. But Morpheus. I wasn't goth at the time. I didn't really identify with the, with the death character. But then when I read all the crossovers um, and got into Hellblazer, I realized that John Constantine was a lot more my jam. So I had like built this whole imaginary world of which I would write fan fiction during my intro to playwriting class when all the other playwrights were reading as a generous audience member, I would disengage and write fan fiction um, that nobody ever read or I don't even think be I typed up. I think it just like lived in a notebook and I still have it. It, I in this fantasy was really steamy, like no, like not swamp like thing on Constantine. Uh, no, 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 not like shipping weird Moriarty and Sherlock getting together shit. Like I'm talking about like I wrote like like I like pitched a plot line. I mean, yeah. There may have been sex involved eventually, but you can't just like, get right into it. I didn't want to be weird about it. Like, where I was a Dionysian nymph that um, a group of Satanists had thought they were contacting a demon, and they'd instead contacted and enslaved me, and then John Constantine used to come to me for, like, things that he needed, and then he, the Sandman eventually told Constantine that I was being held there against my will, and then Constantine and the Sandman had to save me, but then, as it turned out, it was just a plot to lure them, and I was part of the bad guys, but then later um, in the fan fiction, I actually fell in love with John Constantine and much to Morpheus's sadness because he always loses the girl in the end. And then I went off and like, um, eventually I think my character died. Like sometimes in my imaginary relationships, one of the two character dies, but I think I killed off my own character this in this. Very cool. Like it's, yeah. I, I mean, it sounds totally appropriate for a sixth grader. So I'm impressed that you. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. 19 uh, years old. You were 19 good. years yep. old at yep. the time. <laughs> Hate you so much. Mary Jane uh, was a huge character. And, and actually the second one I was gonna say is a character called Psylocke um, from X-Men. Um, and just thinking about those two together, they actually f filled a similar uh, purpose for the, their like, leading male characters in their books, um, where the character already had a, a leading female kind of counterpart. Like um, in uh, X-Men, uh, Cyclops had Jean Grey, which is but then interesting. Cyclops also had Emma Frost, right? Yeah, I. I don't understand how Cyclops did so well with the ladies. <laughs> yeah, for for the straight man. Just having he's a straight man with one eye. He's got optic blasts. He's such a boring character. Yeah. How did he do so well with the ladies? Um, Fathom also. I don't know if you've ever read mm -hmm. that book. It's like a boobs. You know, underwater boobs. Underwater boobs. Comics. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Um, that guy died. The guy who did fathom, right? Did he? Yeah. Uh, I remember he got he had cancer. Uh, if that's what did him in, Michael Turner, I think mm -hmm. was his name. Oh man, that's really sad to hear. Yeah, yeah I think uh, you know it's interesting how female characters, um, you know, were depicted, uh, and what you know, obviously they're you know it was made for young kids, young guys. 
Um, and so it's, you know, pretty logical how they turned out, but, <laughs> um, yeah, I think, uh, it probably had a big effect on how I looked at girls and then women down the road. Uh, I don't know if in a particularly good way, because I think, you know, with how exaggerated their proportions are and, you know, how kind of surface a lot of their characters are, uh, or were, um, you know, kind of taught you to treat them like an object or, you know, like uh, something less than fully rounded. Superman on the street Superwoman on the street The stories lie in all the folks you meet Maybe you should free Secret identity I was really I was really into rogue uh, you know uh, for and I don't really know why but you know that was until and this is really funny my best friend at the time you know a high, high school buddy decided to and it's a guy he decided to put a, a blonde streak down the middle of his hair like Rogue and then I was totally conflicted about my feelings for Rogue and him <laughs> that's awesome but then, but then you know like there was that episode um, I don't remember what, which comic it, it was in if it was in the Avengers or something where there, like a long lens photographer took like nude pictures of She-Hulk on the top of the I guess it must have been the, the Avengers penthouse or whatever and they were going to publish the photos of, of She-Hulk. And they were teasing you the whole time. Like, they were going to show you, like, the spread, uh, you know. And then in the end, it's like, you know, the Avengers, get, you know, get on the porno mag that's going to publish them. And then she Don't they go to the, the offices? Final... They go to the offices yeah, of right, the yeah. publisher. Right, yeah. And they get, the like, the one issue, the one, like comp issue that that the publisher had done and she takes it to the top of the roof and is about to destroy it but then she like looks at it and is like smiling like appealingly at her own image and like the whole time you're like just show us like one of the spread you know like <laughs> don't tease us that much did you really want to see like she hulk naked <laughs> like muscular <laughs> green i mean her hair was cool but you know yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, I think it was just the whole milieu of it, right? It wasn't, you know, necessarily that it was She-Hulk. It was just... Just the whole thing, yeah. I did. I did want to see She-Hulk. Oh, no, okay, <laughs> I cool. did. I, I'll totally admit it. Yeah. And it, it's not because I had anything for the actual Hulk. Like, it was separate. Like, I, I was able to separate that <laughs> mentally. <laughs> My interest in the Hulk. I was really into Rick how Jones. Come, now, how come, how, but, but how come She-Hulk gets to keep her mental faculties? Like, that's the one thing I never really... Grasped, like, this is a different know, like, level of radiation, I guess. Yeah. It was. It, yeah. I, I I don't like it, f frankly. Like I understand the Hulk. The Hulk is a good character to me. I I totally agree with you, Dave. It's like when I play um, uh, uh, pretend character games with uh, with my daughter, and you know she wants to be a character. Uh, like I'll be Superman, and Superman's uh, kryptonite is his is his kryptonite, shall we say, and she'll pick a character who has absolutely no weaknesses at all and only strengths and like she just wins constantly and that's kind of like she-hulk like she-hulk has all the good things but none of the bad things not 
enough imagination went into She-Hulk. I'm just not, yeah. That, yeah. A lot of later characters just became like, we need to do something. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about the place where you bought comics. Was it just a comic book store? Oh, yeah. That's kind of unusual for the time, right? Well, you're talking about the 70s, man. Uh, back then, you know, we didn't have a lot of... We did. We had technology, but they were like, you know, electronic games. Um, but we didn't have a lot of technology, so we walked a lot of places. We rode our bikes, and it was sort of like, you know, a town. And it, believe it or not, New York City was still certain parts of New York City, which you still had. There were neighborhoods, and um, there was this one store, and I, I, I wish I remember the name of it, but I still have the picture of it in my head, um, and it just uh, Avenue H and Brooklyn. You know, I remember it was like. A, Every store was owned by like an old Irish dude, you know, who had his hair cropped back and um, didn't have a lot of it. And he, and he probably was perpetually 65 years old. I mean, he's probably still 65. The place where I ended up buying most of my comic books, a toy store called Arthur's in Sunset Park. Um, I believe it was on 42nd and 7th Ave. A awesome toy store went in there toys candy and comic books uh, wow the trifecta they had everything for kids they had everything for kids you walk in there and they had it all so it was it was a lot of fun uh, mom and pop's place Arthur himself was um, older Italian guy and that's just where all the kids hung out and he had no problem no issue with kids hanging out there places like that don't exist anymore and then owners of those places that usually don't allow kids to hang out there anyway. Mm -hmm. But at the time, Arthur didn't care. He's, it's just all these kids in there. And sure, we stole some candy every now and then, but it was just a place to hang out. I started buying comics in college because there was this guy that I had a crush on in high school that I was, had been in love with from the ages of 12 till I was like 17. And then when I got to know him, when like um, I turned 17, um, I was like, oh, this guy sucks. I just, well, I mean, I don't want to date him, but I just want to be his friend. And, but he was like still really cool. And, and I still like had that glimmer. And he was like, you should check out comic books. Like, you're a dorky girl. You should really like build that brand a little bit more <laughs> of dorkiness to, you know, like try to, uh, you know, supplement your normal whatever it is that you do with your life, and so. So it's like a be that person. Like why? Yeah. Why half step? Be, it, be yeah. that person. Go the whole way. But it was also get like get my my original like um, feeling about comics was like, oh, it's going to be a bunch of it's a bad it's bad writing. I didn't want to hear. I don't I don't like broad strokes or whatever. But he was like, no, what you got to do is got to check out Neil Gaiman, the Sandman series. And so I went to Chicago's Comics, where I go every time I return to Chicago um, on Clark Street, I believe. And so I would go there every Tuesday to pick up new comics. Then I got into like all the other like indie, amazing, right? Like Chris Ware. Chris Ware yeah. uh, was so good that I did this really weird thing in college where I bought the book about his estranged father. And um, like he'd written this really thick comic book about like somebody getting in touch with their strange father, and I sent it to my strange father as a gift. <laughs> like I have no, he never mentioned it. Is there anything else I should know? Like, did you think of anything else that you want to tell me? Oh, I mean, uh, just, I just, just, just like, up, yeah, wow. Um, 
yeah, you know, um, one time, I, uh, older than I care to admit, there was a bank robbery in my town, and I had just gotten, like, that Batman replica plastic or rubber cowl thing, and so I was like, all right, time to shine, and I put that on, all black Under Armour suit that I had ready to Whoa. go, full-on really? utility belt. I think I had an actual grappling hook, like boots, gloves, so full-on geared up. Like I said, I have a driver's license at this point, older than I care to admit. <laughs> the bank robbery was actually pretty crazy. They called in a bomb threat to the supermarket across the street, and this is like a sleepy suburban town. And so I'm like, okay, this, like, who else is but me is going to get this guy? And they called him the bomb threat and then robbed the bank across the street while all the cops were diverged. So that's like a straight out of a comic book. Yeah. So my plan is I grab my dad's car keys, I get in his car, and I drive towards where, like, where there's helicopters overhead. And I'm like, I'm going. Don't bring my driver's license because I don't want to be identified. And it doesn't say Bruce Wayne. It doesn't say <laughs> Did not think through the fact that I was wearing a black mask and look like a bank robber driving around in my dad's car. So when did you get stopped? What, did you did your dad just take the keys away from you when he saw you getting in? No, I car? came home and I, he was like, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, I was trying to catch the guy. So you were driving around for a while. Yeah, like an hour. My dad's like, what are you thinking? <laughs> I had a plan. He's like, what was your plan? If I saw him. He's like, yeah, he'd have a gun. I was like, I would run in, run into him with the car. I'd injure him, and I'd go to a payphone, and I'd call the police and tell them where he was. It was genius. That's Super great. Where story. was that? Wellesley, Massachusetts. Wellesley. Yeah. That was the biggest crime to ever happen in Wellesley, I think. I don't think they ever caught the guy. They never caught the robber? I don't think they did. Wow. We just want to say thank you again to our guests on this episode Adon Romero, Mike Gibbs, Liz Leiser, Sam Brule, Tucker Johnson, and Dave B. Nobody can say that Grown Ass Men is not a courteous show. Nope, can't say that. Thank you. <laughs>